Welcome back to Spread the Wealth, a Vault Sports podcast. It is October 19th, and uh, I'm going to say, guys, I'm a little overwhelmed with there's just too much on TV right now. I don't know what to watch. I know. it's You kind of have to pick and choose, and I just have been flipping back and forth between baseball, NBA starting today, thankfully no football today. Um, yeah, some good hockey games. There's It's a lot, but it's a good fun time of the season. Yes, yeah, a great time to be a sports fan. Um, Jake, you just told us Bellinger literally just tied the game up. So it's exciting right now. Um, hope we should know hopefully by the end of this podcast who's going to win that. We can touch on that at the end too. But Yeah, yeah, we'll try and give some live updates as we go. Um, we'll start with that though, playoff baseball. So Braves won the first two games against the Dodgers, both on walk-off. Looks like it might be decided by another walk-off. They're in the bottom of the eighth right now and they're tied. Um, a lot of people are surprised by that one. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I feel like the series is just going to go seven and each game is going to be decided by like one run. Yeah, I was a little surprised by the Braves. I, I thought Dodgers would take this one, not easily, but I didn't think they'd be down two games to start off. But uh, to your point, it does look like this is going to be a pretty tight series, not only going six, seven games, but in each individual game, that this one's going to go down to the wire, um, which makes it fun. I don't really have a play in either of these, with either of these teams. So to me, this is just enjoyable baseball to watch. Yeah, yeah I know Bender. I, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I haven't honestly bet too much playoff baseball. I've just honestly been enjoying it. And I'm not surprised that the Braves are up 2 nothing. I mean, it seems like besides last year, obviously that was a weird season, but it seems like the Dodgers just continually do this. We think they're going to win it all, and they lose to a team they're not supposed to. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to get swept, but we'll see what happens. No, I mean, I mean they did win it last year. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, does this always happen to the Dodgers? It, but it did I know, before. But before was a, it was a weird season. Last year was a no, weird and, season, and, but I'm saying – exception yeah. was last year yeah they've won like seven before this year they'd won like seven or eight division titles in a row and then they would always lose in the right, world series right. or the championship series but um bender i want to ask you you're you think i'm biased on my red Sox? i told you to bet them tonight <laughs> um they i i said it last time i'm so confident that they're going to win the world series now like their offense is out of this world um they're up 2-1 right now they hit They've hit like 21 home runs already in the postseason. They've played, I think, four or five. This is their eighth game, um, 21 homers. They've hit double digits like a bunch of times. Um, the only guy that wasn't hitting was Bogarts, and then he let off with the two-run homer tonight. Uh, so I don't know if you're still skeptical, but I'm telling you, get on the bandwagon because they are they're going to win it. We'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. It's uh, bottom of the second right now I'm looking but yeah they're up 2-1 um I don't know they might just be a team of destiny I mean I feel like everyone in the preseason never would even picture them being competitive whatsoever so it is a fun little story for now so yeah we'll see what happens yeah so we'll try and keep you guys updated with those oh Dodgers just went up 6-5 wow um someone must have hit a that's huge I think Mookie I think Mookie bet to the RBI single RBI double um, yeah, they're up six five now. So looks like that series is going to go two one. Uh, we'll see what happens in the ninth. But um, moving on, NBA started right now. 
Nets and Bucks are playing. Bucks are up by 11 right now in the third quarter. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about your like championship futures. I don't know if any of us are actually playing those just because futures are like a, they're not a fun thing to just let money sit there for nine months. But if you had to play one, I wanted to hear what you guys had. So uh, Kate, why don't you go first and then, and then Bender. Um, I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets. I know they're the favorite and, and that's who everyone's been talking about, but it's hard to repeat as champions. We've only seen it done, I think, six times in the last however many decades. Um, so I, I mean, the Bucs are a great team. Clearly, they're showing that again tonight, but uh, I don't see them repeating. I don't think the Lakers have it this year. I think the Lakers are going to be more, sorry, Jake, more of a mess than uh, people, um, people might anticipate. I, I just don't see them winning it. So Brooklyn is my, um, maybe my safe bet for, um, championship. Bender. Yeah. Um, this is a tough one because I honestly think it's so wide open this year. Um, I'm, I guess I would go with the Clippers at 1600. Paul George was not the typical playoff P or pandemic P, whatever you want to call it last year. He actually performed pretty dang well. Um, I mean, if they can just stay healthy, like I think they're a top two team in the West, them and the Lakers. Um, I think the Warriors are interesting, but I think they need to prove that they can stay healthy for a whole season. Um, the past two years, I've said, oh, they're a sleeper pick to win the finals and something drastic always happens. But um. I'm going to roll up the Clippers, I guess, for this season. That's definitely good value with the Clippers and the Nets. So the only thing with the Nets is the whole Kyrie situation. Like they have a really good roster regardless, still two MVP candidates. Um, he's definitely the, like the C option of those three players. If you're going to keep two, you have the two that you want to keep. Um, but I think with all that going on, it's just like, it's a lot for them to handle. Um, you also have injury problems with Harden and, like Griffin and KD. So it's just a lot. And you can make the same exact argument for the Lakers. Um, but I do like the Lakers. I, it, it is a biased opinion, but plus 375, even when LeBron has a bad team, like we've seen in the past, he takes them at least to the conference finals. So I think if LeBron stays healthy with this team, he now has people that like can take the ball out of his hands, which we didn't have in the past. So you can just, not that it's good, but at least it lets LeBron rest. You can give it to Westbrook and have him and AD run a pick and roll, him and Dwight, him and whoever. You have Carmelo spotting up. I just think it is going to help LeBron's body in the long run. So I'm hoping he can stay healthy this season. And if he can stay healthy, I'm pretty confident um, that they can win it all. I just did throw down the Warriors plus a thousand just because they are the Warriors. They still have that core. Um, they got you with all back. So they have, you know, Steph, once Clay comes back from injury, which is supposedly mm -hmm. around Christmas, still have Draymond. Uh, they had a really good draft. You have um, supposedly Jordan Poole is like playing out of his really mind. Good, yeah. Um, so we'll see what they can do. Obviously, the Western Conference is amazing. Um, Nuggets, none of us listed the Nuggets, but once Jamal Murray comes back, they were second in the Western Conference last year. Also, none of us mentioned the Suns, who were first in the Western Conference last year. Um, I think we're all kind of in the same same spot on the Suns that they kind of 
got a lucky walk to the finals and they played really well, but they also ran into all these other teams with injuries. Um, but okay, Lakers, Nets, and Clippers, none of us really strayed too far from uh, from the favorites. Um, then we're going to go through our award predictions for the NBA. So MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, and Most Improved. Um, my MVP pick, and then Kate, you can go and Bender, um, is James Harden at plus 2,500. I think it's, this is, for me, a pick that Kyrie being out, and I'm assuming he's going to be out the whole season, um, Harden's the primary ball handler for that team. And he's going to rack up the assists and he's still going to score because he is James Harden. So I'm looking at like 30 points a game and probably 12 assists with that team, with that group around him. Um, and I think if he can put up those numbers and they are first in the East, I think uh, I think him for MVP is a uh, pretty good value of plus 2,500. Uh, I like Durant. Goes back to my Nets winning the championship. Um, I just think he carries this team obviously with Harden close by but I think he has a huge season we saw what he did last year in the postseason if he can carry that type of that level of play over this year I think he's an easy easy candidate for MVP um, if you want a little bit more value I'd consider Zion if he can stay healthy when Zion's on the floor I mean he's shooting at a ridiculous percentage because everything is two feet from the rim, um, averaging 27 some points a game. So if he can do that, get a couple blocks here and there um, consistently, I think he could be one of these years. We'll see him in the running. Um, he just needs to, to stay healthy throughout the entire season or, or for that to happen. But at plus uh, 4,000, Hey, why not? Yeah. I don't hate that Zion pick Kate. Uh, that's tough that he's out for the first few weeks. That might hurt a little bit. Um, I went with Luca plus 500. He's the favorite. Nothing exciting. Um, I mean, the dude was basically a walking triple-double last season. Um, he's only 21. I mean, I think he's only going to get better. I think we all think that. And the only thing that worries me is that the Mavericks didn't really do anything to make him or the team better. They didn't really surround them with anyone else in the offseason. Um but, I mean, the ball is going to be in his hands the whole time. Um, I think if Porzingis can play well, that, that'll help them. But um, he's going to be my pick for MVP this year. I think the only problem with the Zion pick and even the Luka pick, I think Luka, probably hot take, I think he's the best player in the NBA. But I think the problem with both of those is that those teams just aren't going to be in the top four of their conference. Mavericks, probably yeah. not even top four five and that matters a lot is how you're winning how your team does i don't know i don't know what the lowest an mvp's team has ever been in the standings but it's they had to make the playoffs for sure which i don't think the pelicans are making the playoffs and then for luca like they're probably going to make it but like they've been the last couple years they've been a seven seed eight seed so i think it's hard um i agree that if if they can get porzingis which supposedly they're getting him in the situations that he's more comfortable in this year and he'll get back hopefully to what we all thought he was going to be. And I think that does help Luca a lot. But like you said, they didn't add anything in the offseason. They added Jason Kidd as their head coach, and that's about it. Um, I don't know but, if that's a good add or not. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find out. I think it is good for Luca specific. I don't know if it's good for the team. Um, but moving on for um, defensive player of the year, I like Embiid probably. Um, I didn't even, I forgot to write mine down. I don't know what the odds are on it, but 
he's going to be on the floor so much as long as he stays healthy. And I don't think they want to give it to Gobert for another year, which they've done, I think, three out of the last four. So they want to give it to somebody new. Um, Giannis has won one. Gobert's won three. Maybe Draymond's a good pick, but I think Joel's good. I think he's going to be playing angry with everything going on. Um, and I think he's going to he's gonna ball out. Uh, my pick kind of agrees with you on I don't think they're going to pick Rudy again. Um, and kind of the same goes for Anthony Davis. I mean, he's always in the running. I like the Draymond idea. I kind of, I didn't think of that. I definitely should have. So I'm kind of pulling this one out of left field, but uh, Bam Adebayo at plus 1400 uh, with this Miami team that they have, it, he's their rock defensively and he's their big rim protector and their man in the paint um, to help get wins in that sense. Um, on that end of the floor, I think he could be a candidate down the road uh, if he's able to be consistent each night, but plus 1400, um, going off the path a little of, of some of the favorites we've had in the past. Yeah, I, I really like your band pick, Kate. Um, honestly, that's who I would have picked, but I didn't want to double dip there. And so I, I took Miles Turner at plus 850. I don't know if I love it. I mean, he gets a lot of blocks as a center, power forward, whatever. Um, I don't know, maybe he steps it up even more this year, but I don't know how, how much more he needs to, I guess, prove that he's a good defensive player, defensive player that you're candidate. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Miles Turner, 850. I like both of those. I think they're both going to be on the floor a bunch and they will rack up the blocks. I think Bam will probably look better, like to the eye, just because he can guard more positions and their team's going to play really good defense. Um, Turner's more like the the safety net. So depends on what what route the media and whoever votes on it takes. Um, rookie of the year, I, you guys double dipped for this one. I, I was torn between the two. I went with Cade Cunningham just because number one overall picks just get the ball and they give it to him and let him take over. So I'm hoping that he just puts up numbers. I don't know if it's going to be efficient. I don't know if it's going to lead to wins or anything. But I do like that they don't really have an amazing guard on the Pistons. So he's kind of the primary ball handler. Um, he's plus 250. And then I know the other option was Jalen Green. And they do have Kevin Porter Jr. there and a couple other guards that might take some of the ball handling responsibility. So that was my reasoning for picking Cunningham. I don't know uh, what you guys thought when you were picking Green. I picked Green. I just think he – he can score and he's flashy. And we saw that last year with Lamella Ball winning is Lamella was flashy and, and uh, he drew the eyeballs because of some of the passes he can make and, and some of those more wild plays. I think Jalen Green has a little bit more of that in him than Cade. I think Cade is more of a fundamental, like very strong player. He will have a great career in the NBA and I, I'm thinking he's going to have a lot of success this season, but um, because Green is a little bit more, uh, crafty, flashy, whatever the word you want to want to say, just in, in his play, I think that will um, help him out a little there to get that over Cade. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much just going to echo what Kate said. Um, I thought Green was the best player in the draft, and I think he will be. Um, I mean, I like you have Jake, you have Cade Cunningham. I think it's a 1A, 1B thing. I don't know if there's really any other competitors for Rookie of the Year right, right now, honestly, but um, – 
yeah, I'm going to go with Jalen Green. I just think he's a really talented scorer. And obviously I have Kevin Porter, but I mean, those are the really only two guys that can really score on that team. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Jalen Green. Yeah, I think it is 1A, 1B. I think maybe we'll get one other guy that kind of separates himself, but we just don't know who that is right now. We don't know who's going to get good playing time and all that. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the two for sure. It might be like a LaMelo Anthony Edwards thing. Like last year, um, sixth man of the year pick. I'm going with the guy who won it last year, Jordan Clarkson, at plus 550. Um, I think of all the guys, the other one that I really like um, is Patty Mills. But I think Clarkson, he has his role. He knows his role. He's coming off the bench, and they tell him, come off the bench and score the ball. That is all you need to do. He doesn't have to worry about anything else. He puts up a ton of shots, so he's going to score a lot. Um, and Has I think anyone won repeat. it back-to-back? Or I guess Lou Will has, right? So I don't know if Lou Will or Jamal Crawford won it back-to-back, but they've each won it three times. Um, okay. Not sure back-to-back or not. But I actually was going to mention that in that, we do usually see one guy for a couple years win a bunch of six man. And so I think Clarkson is that next guy. Um, whether or not the Jazz have as good of a season as they did last year, I don't know if that hurts or helps him. I think the Patty Mills argument is that if the Nets are the one seed in the East or two seed and he plays, you know, pretty well, I think that'll be a good argument for him. But I'm going to stick with Clarkson. I think he kind of like Kate was saying, Clarkson's a little flashier. Um, he gets the highlights. Patty Mills is just going to be running around shooting three. Um, so I like Clarkson at plus 550. Patty Mills is looking pretty good tonight. Yeah. I don't know how many points he had, but he had a he couple threes. Good. What's that? I said, yeah, he's looking really good tonight. Yeah. Patty Mills. Oh, my computer's not updating. I was going to give you his numbers. Well, yeah, Patty Mills is looking really good tonight. I am taking um, Jordan Poole as my sixth man. His um preseason I know it's the preseason and you know you can't put too much stock in the preseason but he he looks like he's made a big jump this season and maybe he's better um for most improved did I do that right Patty Mills Jordan Poole I'm looking at our sheet I might have had Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole most I improved. think yeah yeah Jordan Poole for six man or did oh, yeah okay. or are you switching those around uh, that's what I'm wondering uh, Patty I can't Mills remember for six man probably that would make sense. Most improved. And then you meant pool for most improved, I think. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I got Patty yeah, Mills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> yep. that up. Patty Mills for six man, Jordan Poole for most improved. So Patty Mills coming off the bench, veteran, very savvy. Uh, he's already made an impact in this first game with Brooklyn. I see that continuing. Um, I think he could have a, a very standout year off the bench for them. And then I'll just go with Jordan Poole for my sixth man. Just tack that on with his preseason average 21 points, leading scorer in three to five games. Granted, Steph was out one of those games, but uh, I, I think he's just taken a huge step from last year and and is um, going to be a big factor in the Warriors' success this year. All right. Um, don't clown me for this pick, but I'm going with Tyler Hero at plus 1,200. Um, like you guys said, don't put too much stock in the preseason, but, I mean, that's what I'm doing here. I watched him in the preseason. He looked really good, honestly, off the bench. Um, I mean, they added some some pieces, and, I mean, I think they're going to be able to just – he's going to be able to run around the court and get spot-up shots. I mean, that's what he's really good at. I mean, he's a good mid-range shooter, too. Um, I mean, he's, he's been talking all offseason with a chip on his shoulder, 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. Um, I could be getting clown for this pick. I mean, within two months, but I'm going to roll with Tyler here. I'm going to believe in him for right now. So taking him at plus 1200. And then who do you like for most improved? Most improved are going with OG Ananobi at plus 2000. Um, I've been watching this kid since he's been drafted. He improves dramatically every year. Um, I think he's going to be the focal point of that team for the first month with Siakam out and that he can guard anyone in the league. I think he's very underrated and he's just been getting significantly better offensively every year. So I'm pretty confident in that one. I do like that. I think he's, people love to compare him to Kawhi with their career arcs every year. Um, The points per game goes up, the defense and all that. Um, Mine for most improved. I'm gonna, I was thinking about Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I don't know how the league would look at him as improved or not. Like last year he had a 50 point game, but he wasn't very consistent. I think this year he's going to be way more consistent, but my pick for most improved is Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, He missed most of the year last year and Memphis found ways to win without him. And I think now that they have him, um, he can play power forward alongside Steven Adams, which I think is a great addition. And he's plus 1600. They love the comeback story of he was injured all year last year. He comes back if he can put up decent numbers like he was before the injury. Um, I think he could have a really good shot at most improved. So those are our award picks. I, I don't think any of them were too crazy. I don't think the Tyler Harrow one's very crazy. Um, if that team's good, then he's going to need to play well. And, and I think he will. Um, they're going to be fun to watch as well. And the last thing we're going to talk for NBA is if we were like buying and selling stock teams that are trending upwards, trending down or players that are trending up and trending down. Um, I'll start with the team that I think I would want to buy stock in right now, which is the Bulls. Um, them and the Heat probably had the greatest off seasons. You could argue the Lakers, but the Heat and the Bulls, great additions. The Bulls added Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and uh, Derek Jones Jr. They only had Nikola Vucevic for like two or three months last season, so they're going to have a full season of him. Uh, you're going to have Patrick Williams. His second season, there's always usually with good players, there's a big jump in their sophomore season. They drafted um, – he was a national player of the year, but he was top three in national player of the year in college, A.O. Desumu last year. And then um, I just think you still have Zach Levine, who, who's still improving. He's still young. So buying the Bulls, I think they're going to be – I think they might be like the Hawks last season, how we weren't really expecting the Hawks to, to be that good. I think people are expecting the Bulls because this team is, is just built nicely. Um, but that's the team I would be buying stock in right now. And if I had to sell stock in a team right now, it would be the Suns. I don't think the Suns are going to be bad. I just think they're going to be nowhere near as good as they were last year. Um, regular season, they might get wins, but I think when it comes to playoff time, as long as all the other teams are healthy, like they were not last year, um, I think the Suns don't really have it in them to make a playoff run. I don't know if DeAndre Ayton, if they're going to trade him or if they're just letting him walk. For no money um i don't think he's going to be happy he is going to want to play well so he can get paid but um i just think the Suns they kind of had a cakewalk to it and and like i said they played well good for them they got to the finals but now you have if you have a healthy denver healthy lakers healthy clippers um 
I just don't think the Suns can can make another run, so that's who I would sell stock in. Kate? I'm going to agree with you on buying the Bulls. I think they are going to be so fun to watch, and the entire city of Chicago is going to back them like crazy after having years and years and years of terrible teams and draft picks that haven't panned out and to finally have a roster that is exciting and people want to come watch. I think that um, is just going to... I don't, I mean, maybe not make them play better, but just boost the whole atmosphere around the Bulls organization. Um, and then with the guys you listed, Caruso, Alonzo uh, Ball, um, finally Zach had someone to pass to him and, and create these passes. Uh, you saw Caruso throw a couple lobs to him in the preseason and then um, on the pick and roll with, with Vucevic. Once that all starts clicking, they finally have these players who uh, are a level above maybe a Kobe white in terms of talent that can really make things happen for them. And so I think uh, the bulls are going to be a very fun team to watch this year. Um, my cell is an early season cell and it's on the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers are going to be good this year, but I think it's going to be a while for them to really gel and figure this out. So I think they're going to go through some struggles early on and that's not uncommon for LeBron's teams when he was in Miami, his first year in Miami, they went nine and eight the first season. Everyone hit the panic button and it was so LeBron made a mistake, blah, 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 blah. But he's in a multi-MVP. He's an all-star. He's best player in the league. He can figure it out. I just think it's going to take a little time with Westbrook being such a ball-dominant player. They're spacing, um, their rotations, and then with some of the health issues that they have. I mean, Wayne Ellington isn't playing tonight. They have a couple other guys out. So I think it's going to take them a little while to get going. So they're my sell early on. Yeah, I really like your guys' buys on the Bulls. I really want to buy them. They're going to be a fun team. Um, I just want to see how they play defensively first, just like everyone else. Um, obviously, we know Lonzo can play defense, but I just don't know about the rest of them. So I just kind of want to see how they they all mesh together. Very in that fair. Way. Um, I'm going to buy the Hornets. Um, I honestly thought they were one of the funnest teams to watch last season. Um, LaMelo had a big part in that, but I mean, they have a lot of young pieces. Um, they got Rozier, PJ Washington. They added Kelly Oubre, uh, drafted James Bucknight out of UConn. Um, and they have veteran Gordon Hayward. He's a, he's a good solid veteran to have on your squad. Um, the over under 30 and a half. Um, I think they can get over that. I think they're still building that chemistry. And I think if they, they build that chemistry completely. I mean, I think they're going to be really good, especially in the next couple of years. Um, one thing I just want to see from them is maybe if James Bucknight can eventually work into be a starter with LaMelo and then have Rozier come off the bench. I think he could be a really good six man for them off the bench. That's just one thing I'm going to watch for this year. And then I'm with Kate. I'm also going to sell the Lakers uh, for the regular season. I think they'll go far in the playoffs. Like you said, with LeBron, it always, it seems like with these, quote-unquote super teams or superstars takes a while from the mesh and figure it out um but yeah that's my sell I like the I like the Hornets by a lot um they also added I believe it was Mason Plumley. yeah um, yes Cody Zeller's in Portland now which I also like that but I think Mason Plumley's a good addition too for that team uh he can actually pass the ball pretty well for a big man so he's a good passer yeah to have him in the middle of a zone or whatever it may be um 
I think it will be big. I don't know. They also added Kai Jones, who's a fun athletic guy. So they should continue to be really fun to watch. Whether that leads to wins or not, we will see. Um, and then buying and selling for for players this season, I already kind of mentioned him, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I am like a huge, huge fan. Um, and I have been since he was at USC where like, he obviously has attitude problems. He had them in Cleveland and he had them at USC because USC just didn't want to play him very much. But I saw him play at the Drew League in LA, the pickup basketball league. And he, the talent is there. So I just needed to see him put it together. And when, once he got to Houston last year, they gave him a chance and it finally looked like he was, he was working hard and putting the time in and he was going crazy. So um, I'm buying Kevin Porter Jr. I think having Jalen Green alongside him is big. Um, like I said, he had that 50 point game near the end of the season. And I think he, like I said, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, so I think he'll just put up big numbers. The the honorable mention here for me is Robert Williams, um, young center for the Celtics, which the Celtics are a weird team this year. Nobody's really talking about them um, after they've been pretty good the last three or four years. Um, but Robert Williams is finally, I think, getting the starting spot, and he can catch lobs. He plays defense. He gets rebounds. He'll probably average a double-double. Um, so I'm hoping that he, he plays well. And then my sell, which I know Bender uh, Bender's going opposite of me on this one, but my sell is OG Ananobi. I think people are just a little too high on him. I just don't think he can do anything off the dribble or, like, on his own. I think he's a great spot-up shooter. I think he's a great defender um slasher rebounder like he has all those things but like he's limited in terms of his offense you can't give him the ball and say go get a bucket um so I think he'll play well I think he'll shoot a high percentage I think he'll look good on paper but like he's not going to be your guy and I think that's what they almost need him to be with Siakam out early so my sell is on OG and I just don't think he's gonna like reach the expectations that everybody thinks uh Bender if you want to go next to to counterpoint that for me yeah, so I'm buying OG. Um, I just completely disagree with everything you said. <laughs> I think he's he's gonna be an I think he's gonna be an all star this year, honestly. He's gonna make that leap. Um I disagree with you. He can he can play with or without the ball, he can go get you a bucket. He's a very good attack the rim kind of guy. Maybe the mid range is not there, but I mean we all know you don't really need a mid range shot in the NBA anymore. Um so I'm buying very high on OG. And then my style is going to be Porzingis. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, the playoffs, he just looked awful. And then I'm not buying the whole him and Luca are cool kind of thing. Um, it just doesn't seem right. I'm going to sell on him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes on a different team by the end of the year. Wow. Hot take. Yeah. Um, my buy is Suns Mikael Bridges just signed a fully guaranteed $90 million contract over four years. Um, he had fantastic playoffs last year, which 13 points shot 42% from three during the regular season. He's one of the best emerging three and D players in the league. And, and I think that'll even take a step forward again this year might have a chance to be on the NBA's all defensive team. I just think he's not a secret weapon for the Suns, but he's, you know, when you think about the Suns, you think about Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Well, Mikel Bridges is right there with all of them. Um, well, 
I won't say right there with all of them, but he should be in that conversation of all of those players on the Suns and um, what they all bring. But I like Mikael Bridges to buy, to sell. I mean, I think everyone's kind of selling him, but I'm I'm selling Ben Simmons. For, I'm, I'm yeah, Ben <laughs> Simmons is whether he's on a team or not. Ben Simmons is just he's a sell every single year, um, okay. and. Yeah, and until I've never been high on Ben Simmons, even when he was playing, and until no. Ben Simmons can learn to shoot, like great, you're a great defensive player. Well, there's two sides to the ball in basketball, and you got to learn how to play offense. And until you want to put in the time in the offseason to do that, there are plenty of guys in the NBA who don't have great shots, but they put in the work in the offseason to alter their shot so they can make shots, which is how you win basketball games. And Ben Simmons doesn't do that. So if you can tell, I um, am not a fan of Ben Simmons and just with everything that's going on and, and just how childish this all that up. Ben Simmons so, is for me. I had two things with this. One, yeah, Ben Simmons, since he was at LSU, when LSU did not make the NCAA tournament and he, like, didn't he left. play. He left LSU. Too. Yeah, he left them. He, like, <laughs> just gave zero fucks about anybody there. He did not care. He was, everybody was saying, which at the time he was like the best player in college basketball. He was this, he was that. And then his team can't even make the NCAA tournament. And I was like, that's a little weird. College, if you're one really good player, your team should be good enough to make the tournament. So I always didn't like him because of that. He is a probably top five passer in the NBA and a top five defender in the NBA. Yet, like you said, Kate, he has not tried to learn. He has not done anything to improve the other parts of his game that aren't good. Um, and the other thing I was about to bring this up before you even said anything, I haven't heard it mentioned anywhere. Why don't the Nets and the Sixers trade Kyrie for Ben Simmons? Because Philly says they want a superstar star back for Ben Simmons. They don't want role players. Kyrie could then play because Philadelphia doesn't require the COVID vaccine to play home games because it is dumb that visiting players who are unvaccinated can play in Brooklyn yet because Kyrie's yes, team is in is Brooklyn, he's not allowed to play there. there. Yeah. yeah. So these, I don't know. No sense. I don't know examples of other guys that aren't. It's like five percent of the league or less than five percent of the league unvaccinated. So it's not many, but the few players that are, they are allowed to play in Brooklyn. Yet Kyrie, because that's his home team, he's not allowed to play there. And now the team decided it wasn't Kyrie's decision, but the team said, hey. If you can't play home games, we're not going to have you play away. So he's just not going to play. And it looks like he's pretty set in his stance. Um, yeah, he's changing his mind. So I don't understand why those te- – it hasn't been brought up. Like, if they just swap those two, maybe the Nets don't want Ben Simmons and maybe they think down the road Kyrie gets a vaccine. But, like, this isn't going away. COVID's not going away. So he's going to need a vaccine at some point or else, like, this is just going to continue. So if they trade him to Philly, I know Philly would love it. Um, yeah. I don't know if if Brooklyn would like it, but at least Brooklyn gives him a fresh start. You give him a chance to like they don't need offense. Just yeah. go be a defender. Be a be a lockdown defender and pass the ball and and I don't know. Like it just seems like that would be a win win situation that I haven't heard brought up. And I think that just seems like an easy way out for both sides. I'd be curious how Ben Simmons would fit with James Harden. I don't know how that would work. But I don't I don't think he would be like friends with, I don't, I don't know how the fit would be, but all I'm saying is that he would be on the court and his teammates wouldn't completely despise him. 
and he mentally gets a fresh start. Um, it just gives everybody a chance. Kyrie, who like wants to, I mean, I don't know this. I'd assume he wants to be playing basketball, but he's very set in his ways of this is what he thinks, which is fine. So go to Philly. You can be a, that one-two punch of Kyrie and Joel would be amazing. Um, I just would love, I think that would be a great situation. I think that would make everybody happy. The net, I, if New York is always going to require a COVID vaccine, then they need to get rid of Kyrie because he's not going to get it. So, um, I, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I hadn't heard it talked about, and I just think that's, that's like a great idea. Yeah, I hadn't really, well, I'm not, I haven't heard it talked about, which is probably why I hadn't considered it before, but it's a valid point. It makes sense. I, like both teams have a superstar that's sitting out. Ben yeah. Simmons isn't sitting out, but like we saw the report came out this morning, he does not want to be there. Doc said, go home. And he's like, all right, so you just went home? So like, just get rid of him. I know he doesn't have value right now and the Nets probably don't want to give up Kyrie, but like if he's never going to play, that just might be something you have to do. Yeah. All right, now moving on to college football. Uh, Kate, take it away. Give us Give us your thoughts. What what went wrong? Well, when you said last week, Kate, I'm surprised you're not all over this Iowa-Purdue. I, I did not think we would lose, but I, I didn't think we were going to play that well. I thought it'd be a little bit of a letdown game, which is why I didn't touch it. But we could not get any offense going whatsoever. And it, that was just a painful game to watch. And when I say we, I mean the Iowa football team. <laughs> I personally was not out there playing, um, but yeah, they just couldn't get any offense going and, and um, turning the ball over and not getting as many takeaways or converting on those takeaways. And Purdue played really well. I mean, you got to give it to Purdue. They came into Kinnick, not an easy place to play and were poised and, and just the overall better team that day, but it's really disappointing. And just a classic Kate's favorite teams do this to her every year. The, um, the silver lining, they could still have a route to the playoffs because Ohio State is looking very strong now. So if Iowa can beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, I think there's a chance. Yeah. So you still hold out hope there, but they have to get through Wisconsin, right? They have to get through – who else do they still have to play? I'm not worried about Wisconsin. Um, yeah, probably Minnesota. It's the same so. thing, like Wisconsin and Ohio. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, like, Purdue, Purdue is like a, a team where I thought I'm, you shouldn't worry about Purdue, but yeah, I put exactly. in the Big Ten, really, other than Northwestern this year. Yeah, wait, Ben, do you say they play um, at Minnesota? No, no, Minnesota plays there, but I mean. Okay. But still, I yeah. think that actually be a ranked can, matchup by, by the time that game happens, honestly. It could be. It's like, yeah, the Big Ten West especially, and, and yeah. even the East now, still have two undefeated teams over there. So, um, Big Ten by far the best. Nebraska to play they finish out with Nebraska um that's and that, at like Nebraska. yeah Nebraska has been playing close games they obviously don't know how to win them but yeah. they've been playing close games so yeah. um yeah no no easy easy games on the schedule uh the other big games that happened Oklahoma State beat Texas they were down and out two weeks in a row Texas has huge leads and just completely choked yeah I was very surprised by that game. I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but I was checking scores on my phone and, 
and I saw Texas was up early and I was like, oh, okay, great. Texas, um, they're running away with this. I can relax because I was on Texas that game and now Oklahoma State. I checked the score about an hour later and the game was over and Texas did not win that game. Yeah, I don't know. They, they just start getting conservative with their play calling and just completely change when they get a lead. Like, I think a smart bet, maybe it's too late now, but the last couple of weeks, like Texas first half, every week first half first half half, they're amazing and then they get to the second half and they suck um Oklahoma State now stays undefeated so I don't know what week they play Oklahoma because now Oklahoma with Caleb Williams is scary and with Spencer Spencer Rattler I was like all right well a big game he's not going to play well they're not going to do anything I've completely done a 180 and I think Oklahoma has a chance now they plan the final week of the season. Okay. I mean, so, if they both get there undefeated, that will be – That will be a wild awesome. game. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I had, I don't know if you guys had any other takeaways, just that Georgia is far and away the best team in the country. It's not close. Um, Kentucky has shown that they are pretty good, and Georgia manhandled them. Uh, there's just – I mean, this year has been crazy. Maybe Alabama beats them. Maybe they lose a game, but, like, it just their defense is too good. Uh, the, like, did you take the under in the team total, right? I took the under Kentucky team total at eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, but and the they fact that it wasn't that low. Well, I like, know that's insanely low. And it barely hit. It hit with what four seconds left, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a very bad beat. Um, it was just too low. It would have scared me. Um, <laughs> But Bender, do you have any other takeaways or, or those kind of covered it for you? Kind of covers it. Um, finally beat Nebraska on the book. So I have that one off my back now. <laughs> you were chasing? I was chasing and I finally got it. So <laughs> that's done. All right. Um, our picks recap. Not a great week, Kate. You did you did all right. Uh, three and one. I was two, four and one. And then uh, Bender, you were two and three. So. Not terrible, but not great. Um, my lock was North Carolina, and they were up by 14 with the ball, and then they end up winning by three, and it was just heartbreaking. Um, the the I'm I think I'm gonna bet against Clemson now every week. I think I've decided that. I was staying away because I thought they they were gonna turn it around at some point, and and they were like gonna be Clemson again. They're just bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I took Syracuse last week. I, that line was 13 and a half is way too many points for um, this Clemson team. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm baiting Clemson. Um, and then that, that Ole Miss-Tennessee game, I know the, uh, the over didn't hit, which people were rooting for, but that was a great game to watch uh, with some craziness. Lane Kiffin getting hit with a golf ball um, when the hell was that all that about? stuff was going I, oh on. Um, but it was a good week. Uh, there were some exciting games this week. There's not great, uh, not great games. So um, I'm trying to think. I didn't even update the the slate. There weren't really. I don't think there's any ranked matchups this week. Yeah, there's there's no ranked matchups this week. Um, not a great slate. Oregon at UCLA should be a good game. But other than that. Uh, Oklahoma yeah, they State got a. Uh, Iowa they've State. got Ohio State at Indiana is the primetime game, and yeah, I mean, 
Indiana should not be good. Indiana oh. should not be in a prime time slot this season. I don't know oh, why US... they keep getting these big time games. I don't get it. USC but... at Notre Dame is another prime time, but that's just a name game. They're not actually good. Um, Tennessee at Alabama might be interesting. I don't know. Clemson at Pitt. I think. I so like I said, I'm I'm gonna bet against Clemson now. Pitt's favored by three. They're five and one. They just beat. Um, a good they be a good Virginia Tech team at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh twenty eight to seven. Their only loss this year is to Western Michigan by three. They beat Tennessee. They beat Georgia Tech. Beat Virginia Tech now. Now they're at home favored by three against Clemson. So I guess I'll start with the picks this week. So I'm already kind of getting into it. Um that is on my on my card, pit minus three, uh home against Clemson. I also have coastal. So I think this is a trap line. There's a couple of trap lines I think there are on here. You guys can let me know what you think. Um, Coastal minus four. It's now at five. At App State, who's they're decent. They're not bad, but Coastal's really good. Is them minus five on the road? Like, I thought that was too little, but is that maybe meaning that, like, App State actually has a shot? I mean, I that's why I'm not touching it. Yeah, go ahead, Kate. Yeah, I looked at this game, too, and – I mean, I haven't watched enough App State this season to really have a strong take on this, but I just think back to uh, who did they play where they, I mean, they can put up points. That's they they have a good offense. And that's the thing that I kind of wondered if that will keep them in this game. Um, but I do think Coastal Carolina is the better team that they should cover four points, five points, whatever it is. Um, but App State's ability to score. I, I, yeah. I wonder if that, that Maybe is a little bit of a trap trap line. Yeah, I mean, just, gonna, yeah. just I was just gonna say like kind of what you said, Jake. Like, why is it only minus four or minus five, whatever it is now? Um, yeah, I don't think any of us have watched App State. If we're gonna be completely honest, mm-hmm. so I mean, that's just that's why I'm not gonna touch it. That's not. But even... so looking at their so they they just lost to Louisiana, the uh, raging Cajuns. 41 to 13 and and Louisiana is good okay, uh, so they, yeah, maybe they can't put a points on anyone yeah I mean and then I was looking at like their they give up 380 yards a game um they do they do put up 430 yards a game but Coastal is at 550 and App State gives up 380 so I don't know it just seems like they're gonna outscore them Coastal scores a ton of points so a touchdown at least I thought was like good, but I, I would will not be surprised. It's on my card, but I'm not gonna be surprised if App State covers. Um SMU minus 13 and a half at home against Tulane. Tulane is really bad. They had one decent game against Oklahoma this year when Spencer Rattler was playing, but other than that, they're one and five. They're not good. SMU's undefeated. Um they put up a ton of points and I think they're just gonna demolish Tulane. Uh UConn plus 15 and a half against Middle Tennessee. So UConn has actually played well the last couple weeks. Uh, they are one and seven now. They just... Why do we keep that in UConn? Why do we keep doing this? Okay, well, if we had bet them last week against <laughs> Yale, I will say they were up 21 nothing and they almost lost. But they didn't. Oh, they, gosh. They found, a, they found a way to win. Um, but here's the thing. It's at UConn, right? Middle Tennessee at UConn. UConn's playing better. Middle Tennessee gives up 430 yards a game. Um, their last five games, 
They just lost to Liberty 41 to 13. Their only win is against Marshall by six points. So 15 and a half is just way too much. Um, I know it's UConn and I might regret that, but Middle Tennessee two and four at a one and seven UConn. UConn coming off their first win in like God knows how long. Um, 15 and a half just looked like a lot to me. And I think it's fun to bet UConn because it's UConn. Um, Army plus three and a half at home against Wake Forest. Um, I know I talked about Wake Forest a little bit last week because I said they had a road to a uh, undefeated season, which they still technically do. But Army just played Wisconsin tough. And at Army is a tough place to play. Um, Wake Forest last couple games, they've only won by a field goal. So they've beat Syracuse 40-37, and they beat Louisville 37-34. Army's coming off a couple of tough losses, but I think at home, um, lose by a field goal, and you still cover, plus three and a half. Like I said, Pitt minus three against Clemson. And this is another trap line that I want to ask you guys about, if you're touching it. The Oklahoma State at Iowa State. So undefeated Oklahoma State, 6-0, just beat Texas. Um, Going to Iowa State, who's 4-2. And Iowa State's favored by seven. So Oklahoma State undefeated. The number eight team in the country is plus seven. I, yeah, this is on my board as well. I was very confused by that. I almost thought it was like a mistake that the books had made. And I was like, maybe I need to jump on this immediately. Um, I don't, that seems like a little bit of a trap. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I know Ames can be a tough place to play. But I would say because it's a day game, um, I'm not really – like if it were a night game at Iowa State, I guess yeah. the whole vibe with that. Um, but daytime, 1230 or 2.30 local. Um, oh, Iowa State's played two good teams this year of the six games, and they've lost to the two good teams, and they've beat the bad team. So I don't know. I, I'm taking – you can give me an undefeated team plus seven yeah. all day, all day. Yeah. I'll probably take money line too. Um, Cause they showed me last week, Oklahoma state that they could, they put up a fight and, and Texas is like, as you know, much as they choke, they're a good team. Um, so Oklahoma state plus seven at Iowa state. And then my lock is West Virginia at TCU over 57 and a half TCUs. Every single game this year has gone over 57 and a half. Um, and West Virginia is pretty good. I think they'll both score. So that's my lock of the week. Kate, if you want to go next. Sure. Um, pains me to do this. But I am taking Purdue plus minus three, plus three at Wisconsin. They're an underdog too. Or, yeah, which yeah. seems odd. Um, I think this will be a low-scoring game. They're, both of these teams, their defense is, is going to be the dominant factor in this game. Wisconsin is 0-3 straight up against ranked opponents this season, so that is obviously not in their favor. And then Purdue wide receiver David Bell has been looking fantastic lately. Uh, 671 yards on the season, 15 forced missed tackles, 10th in the nation. I think they get the ball to him a lot on Saturday, and uh, based on what we've seen from Wisconsin – this season, I mean, barely beating Army last week. I think Purdue um, can come into uh, Camp Randall and, and give the Badgers another loss. No, it's, it's at Purdue. At Purdue. 
Wisconsin favored by three. Yeah, it's very weird. I'm looking at it. My only question was how is um, Purdue's run game? Because obviously Wisconsin's rush defense is like unbelievable and Purdue doesn't even run the ball. So they average 80 80 rushing yards per game. So like they're just going to pass it and Wisconsin's pass defense, I mean, it's still really good, but it's not nearly as good as their rush. So I I had that to mind. Purdue plus three at home. (laughs) Against Wisconsin? Yeah, give me that all day. Doesn't that seem kind of like a no-brainer? Yeah. We're probably going to lose all of these. And, I know. They and, all seem like they're so obvious. Yeah. Um, another one of mine is I'm going to take Oklahoma State at Iowa State as well. I mean, give me the touchdown there. Why not? Um, Oklahoma State's defense has been remarkable, especially late in games. They showed that against Texas. Um, they haven't allowed, didn't allow any points in the second half against Boise State. Um, and then just uh, one touchdown in the final two quarters against Kansas State and Texas. So talk about Texas being a first half team. Well, Oklahoma State's defense is a second half team. And then um, Brees Hall running back from Iowa State. I mean, maybe he's a factor in this line being so big and great running back. Um, but Oklahoma State also held um, – Bijan Robinson, Texas running back to just 15 yards, six carries after that long touchdown run he had. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything that really would make me worried that, that Bruce Hall would run all over this defense either. So Oklahoma State plus 10. Um, this one I went back and forth on because the line also has gone all over the place. And that's Oregon um, plus two at UCLA. Opened as Oregon a three-point favorite, went to a pick'em. Uh, now it's shifted in favor of UCLA. So UCLA is the better team against the spread this season, seven and three, and Oregon is one and six. Uh, but maybe this is a more of a gut play. But something has me taking Oregon in this one, and and their running backs, um, CJ Verdell, Travis Dye. Uh, I think they can have success this weekend. Although UCLA's one of the better rushing defenses so, in the country. The only thing with that, not I don't want to sway you either way, but so Verdell's out. Um, oh, but well, that Dye, does sway Dye's, me Dye's still really good, but Verdell's out, and um, Oregon has not played well their last. So they lost to Stanford, and then last week they barely beat Cal. Um, so two weeks in a row of not playing great. Maybe they were looking ahead at UCLA, and and they turn it around. So like it totally could be one of those um and UCLA barely beat Washington last week so neither team playing great coming in so I I wanted to take UCLA but because I don't know where those teams stand right now I was staying away yeah. from it okay well maybe then that's one I'm going to stay away from as of now so take that <laughs> off my board um I should have my research on Riddell better um okay so this is my lock of the week uh, Michigan North Carolina under 51 and a half. I don't know if, what did I say? Michigan, North, North Carolina, Michigan, Northwestern, Northwestern, Northwestern. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, Northwestern under 51 and a half. I don't think Northwestern scores more than a touchdown. Um, Michigan's defense is great this year. Um, and then Michigan is running the ball in 70% of their offensive plays, sixth highest rate in the country. Uh, one of the main reasons for their success. And so we have one of the best running teams in the country, hosting one of the worst run defenses in the country. Um, 
Northwestern's giving up almost six yards per carry, ranks 123rd. So I think Michigan will put up points. I'm not sure they're going to put up 51 points, um, but I don't see uh, uh, Northwestern contributing a whole lot to that total, which is why I'm taking the under there. Bender, what do you got? So I guess Kate took it off her board, but I'm on the flip side of that Oregon game. I have UCLA at minus two and a half. Um, like Kate said earlier, UCLA has been really good against the spread. Oregon, not so much. Um, I had them as my lock of the week last week, 13 and a half against Cal. They only won by seven, and they had to make a defensive stand at the end of the game to even prevent overtime. They don't look like a good football team right now. They're pretty banged up. Um, C.J. Riddell, I mean, arguably their best player is done for the year. Um, I'm going to ride with UCLA. They've done me good all season. And I got BYU minus three at Washington State. Um, Washington State's a tough place to play at, but they just fired their head coach due to COVID, vaccine stuff, all that good stuff. And um, I don't know. I always like to bet against a team that just lost their head coach. I mean, it is a scary thing sometimes, or it can be a really good thing. The Raiders um, won. Yeah, we don't get to talk about that one. <laughs> um, but BYU's been a consistently pretty decent, good football team, so I'll take minus three against Washington State. And then I've also got NC State minus three at Miami. Um, I don't know why it's so low, maybe just because it's at Miami, I guess. But, I mean, they just don't look like a good football program culture seems bad I mean I was reading stuff last week after Kate had mentioned all that stuff about the players and whatnot and I mean it just seems like the players and they covered the coach and they, they really yeah they it was my loss they, lost they covered though, right yeah they lost by I think three they lost the game. Yeah. yeah they did yeah but they didn't I don't cover. Know. we don't care about wins and losses Gus <laughs> Bender I'll take NC that. State <laughs> I'll take NC State minus three and then my lock of the week, I'm going to go with Minnesota minus five at Maryland. Maryland's down their two best receivers. And then they're also down one of their top defensive backs, I believe, that came out today. Um, Maryland just, they, they're four and two, but I mean, I mean, the four and twos, I mean, doesn't really pass the eye test. I think Minnesota's looked a little better, so I'm going to take the minus five. I like that pick. I like that. Um, Maryland has I feel like Minnesota lost to Maryland last year. I'm not yeah, sure about that. that. Crazy, oh yeah, that was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Yeah, They should have um, won. They should not even have been close. Exactly. So I think it's a little bit of a revenge game. Also, if I'm not sure if Maryland's run defense is good or not. Um, but last week, Minnesota showed that they could pass the ball and actually be effective. Right. So um, I like that. I think they're, they're trending in the right direction. Um, NFL picks for last year, moving on, or for last week. Um, Bender, 1-0. You, I, I sweated that Dallas game out with you. That was insane. <laughs> uh, Dallas minus – I thought it was – there was no way it hits after they went to OT because all these coaches have been playing. I feel like every coach has been playing not to lose. Yeah, they've just been like right. – in overtime, even down the stretch of games, they're like, oh, well, we can just use the clock and whatever. Um, but – that was a crazy cover. Um, I went three and three. Thank you. Or I went, yes, yeah, CD Lamb. Uh, God. But I had uh, three and four. I was I was waiting on Bill's first half. 
last night that did not cover. Um, and then Kate, you went two and one, a loss with the. Um, I went Brown. one and two. I, oh, you went one and two. I wrote okay. it down wrong. I went one and two. Okay, okay. Browns lost, didn't cover, and and the Chargers got crushed. So yeah, yeah, back, okay. One and two. So again, not a not a great week for us. Um, and I'll be honest, looking at the board this week, I hated it. I there was yeah. just nothing, nothing that looked attractive to me um thursday night football bender you can give your insights on this one first uh denver at cleveland cleveland's minus three and a half the over under is 42 and a half yeah i mean it's a short week cleveland sounds super super banged up sounds like baker's got a really messed up shoulder mm-hmm. i guess he's gonna play somehow um i don't understand how but they ruled Nick Chubb out today. The line didn't change after that, so I'm assuming people already assumed he wasn't going to play. Um, and Hunt's out too as well, right? Hunt's out for a, for a good while. Um, I don't know. The Browns have not looked like the best team. I feel like we expected more of them. And I think three and a half, I mean, it's, it's a field goal on a Thursday night game on a short week. I think that's enough. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, like you've that all seasons historically been pretty good against the spread so um, he's lost the last three weeks yes against the spread historically though he's still pretty good <laughs> yeah yes. he is uh 23 and 4 against the spread on the road in his career there we wow, go okay there's a good well, i was gonna do it anyways because of all the injuries um but i don't like that he's three and three and three and three should be what your record is against the spread that's how it should go um yeah but for him that's not good but I will with all the injuries, like it is Baker's left shoulder, um, which okay. I know like you so, move your left shoulder. But you need like, a whole body. Yeah, but one yeah. hit could take him out of the game again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know who their third string running back is, but whoever it is, I probably De-Ernest, haven't heard of him. Dearness Johnson. And he's only had, okay. I think, six carries on the year. Yeah, and I mean, that O-line is really good. They'll probably be able to run behind them, but not Nick Chubb, who I think is like if we're just talking running – like not size, not strength, not, you know, whatever. Nick Chubb is probably the best, like straight up running back. Derrick Henry obviously is massive. So he is really good, but um, without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Odell doesn't look. He's, I don't he's, think he's playing either. He hasn't practiced this week. Okay. I mean, even if he does, he's not special anymore. Um, he makes a couple right. of catches a game. I think Jarvis Landry might be back. They, they said they aren't sure. I don't think they sound hopeful, but um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they might, so, I mean, Peoples Jones might be their top wideout. Him and yeah, the Joker. Yeah. So, and um, so I think, like you said, yeah, injuries. I think Denver plus three and a half is probably a good play. I don't like the total, um, just because with all those injuries, who knows if they're going to be able to score or not. Um, but Bender, if you want, do you have any other picks for the week? Yeah, go so first, and then Kate. That's going to be go. my my lock for the week, and then I'm also taking the Bengals plus six. They're at Baltimore. I'm surprised it's honestly plus six. I think that's a really good value. Kind of want to take them money line, but I'm not going to bet against Lamar after what I've seen this year. Um, I'll take six points, though. Um, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that connection's real. The Ravens' defense looks super suspect. I mean, I think last week was an exception. I'm not sure how. Um, their defense has just been super inconsistent, like very, very inconsistent. Um, I'll take plus six, though. The Bengals look... I mean, they look honestly like a playoff caliber team to me. I just think if the defense can play decent, they're going to be in this game the whole time. 
Kate, what do you have? Um, I am going to take the Patriots minus seven over the Jets. Um, three of New England's losses have been by one score. Um, one of their two wins has also been by a single score. Their other win was against the Jets in week two and 25 to six. So I think it's going to be a similar game. I don't think Zach Wilson, um, he'll progress. I mean, he's a young rookie quarterback, but I just don't think that offense is going to get it done. And, um, they haven't beat the Patriots in Foxborough since 2011 and the past five games in Foxborough, the Jets have lost by 14 or more points in each of those games. So I'm going to go with the numbers on this one and just say, um, this history is going to repeat itself and, and the Jets aren't going to cover this. So I like the Patriots minus seven. I also, um, like the Titans plus five and a half at the Chiefs. Um, this one I went back and forth with a little, but uh, just after what Derrick Henry did the other day and how good he's been all season, I think he could put up another big game and at least keep them in with within a touchdown of the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are still going to win. Um, but yeah, I like the I like the Titans here. And then that uh, Denver's your your lock Denver's as well. Lock. Yeah, you guys are double double lock in it. I yeah. I mean, no, I'm not going to do it because I don't want us all be on the same one. But um, that ten, I am going to take Denver plus three and a half. Tennessee, I'd love to look at the first half line of that because the Chiefs this year have been even worse in the first half. They were losing to the Washington football team last week at the end of the first half. Um, it's probably two and a half. Or three. Yeah, it's got the be line five and a half. Um, I think that that might be a good play. Or I bet the overs. The total is probably really high in that game, so I don't think I would touch that. Um, but I am going to take Carolina minus three at the Giants. Um, this is more of a pick against the Giants. They're they have nobody. They have Daniel Jones, and after that, Kadarius Tony got hurt. Was their only bright spot. Um, no Saquon, no other weapons, really. So, and I don't think Carolina's good, but they've beat the teams that they should beat, and I think they're going to do that. Um, so Carolina minus three. I am going to take the Raiders minus three at home against the Eagles. I know the Eagles just played the Bucks tough, um, but this new Vegas coach, I think the players like him. Um, I don't know if they didn't like Gruden, but they seem like they – we thought we were all expecting them to not play well last week after everything that had happened. Yeah. And they went out there and, and looked like they didn't skip a beat. So three points for them uh, in Vegas against the Eagles. And then the only, my lock is going to be um, Patriots minus seven. Like you said, Zach Wilson, um, rookie quarterbacks going against Bill Belichick just doesn't end well. And I actually was very happy with, Bill Belichick letting Mac Jones loose a little bit against the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys don't have a great defense, but he let him throw the ball a little bit, which he had not been doing at all previously. So maybe he'll unlock that offense a little bit, let them score, not that they need to against the Jets. Um, I was actually listening to Pardon My Take, and they said at least Zach Wilson didn't throw an interception last week. That's because they were on their bye. They were on their bye. So. (laughs) So... Wow. There was no way for him to throw one, but he didn't throw one. So you have to look at it, you know, glass half full. Yeah. Um, 
But my only other thing that I wanted to give out for this week was a um, eight-team parlay. I was looking at this okay. money line, money line for all these. So Carolina to beat the Giants. Um, I don't know who these other. Let me look at who these other teams are playing just so I can read it off. So it's Carolina um, money line against the Giants. It is Green Bay money line against the uh, Washington football team in Green Bay. It is Rams money line at home against the Lions. It's Patriots money line at home against the Jets. Raiders money line at home against the Eagles. Um, Bucks money line at home against the Bears. Cardinals money line at home against the Texans. And then Ravens money line um, at home, I believe. Yeah, at home against the Bengals. So it's eight teams. That's a lot of teams for only – 650 i know it's plus 650 they're all huge favorites other than um vegas and carolina who are like minus 160 or so um but i don't see any of those teams losing obviously they probably will but uh i think it's a pretty i i was gonna without carolina and vegas it was like plus 300 or plus 200 um so if you want to do that you can it's still that would almost be like a guarantee. If you did like Bucks at home against the Bears, Cardinals at home against the Texans, um, Patriots at home against the Jets, Packers at home against the Washington football team, and Rams at home against the Lions, I think that doesn't lose. So you could check the odds on that, but it's not going to be great. Um, but that's really all I got for NFL. Um, knockout pools, last thing as always. Got through another week. Uh, Rams never really had to question it at all. Um, you had who last week, Bender? I had Pittsburgh. I got extremely lucky. So Man, lucky. that was a risky pick. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith at the end. Um, I'll give him res- respect there <laughs> the whole time. And then I think TJ Watt forced that fumble. He was just too much for them in the end, so... Thank you, TJ Watt. I'm still alive. And you got to get the Steelers. Like that's a not great team that you used, right. and now it's out of the way. Um, yeah, you got it. You got it done with. So, who are you on this week? I am on the Cardinals against the Texans. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. You'll be half good. Our pool, half our pools already used the Cardinals, so I'm just going to use them this week and make yeah, the others that's choose. Uh, I was thinking about it, um, but I went a little bit against what I had said. Um, I could easily take Green Bay or Arizona or um, those were really the two. But the Patriots, I don't think I would take them another week. This is already already their second time playing the Jets. Um, And I think this is the only time I would use the Patriots. I'm not really going to take them against anybody else. Um, So I'm taking the Patriots against the Jets. I just think it's a good – kind of like you did with the Steelers. I'm going to get it out of the way, not have to use, you know, undefeated Arizona. I'm not scared about Arizona this week, but they're not going to go undefeated. And I do not want to be on the side of when they lose their first game. And I'm afraid of that. That's fair. Um, So I don't think think they're losing against Houston though. No, no, they're not. So like I was looking ahead and, so they have Houston, then it's Green Bay, San Francisco, Carolina, Seattle, Chicago, Rams. And then they have the Lions in Detroit week 
17, week 14, um, which is probably the next time I'd use them, maybe against Carolina in week uh, like nine or 10. But yeah, I just wanted to save them because I think they're good. Um, and I think this is a good time to get the Patriots out of the way. So um, that's all we've got for you. You guys got any other uh, any other things you want to say? Um, uh, my Warriors scored the uh, first my Warriors or whatever. Oh, did they, that hit? Uh, that hit. So there's a quick right. one, and just need them to win for the parlay. So I had the Bucks earlier. Bucks blew out the Nets. So good night so Warriors. far. Warriors money line. That would be uh that'd be a big hit because they were both the Warriors are underdogs. The Bucks yeah, are. and the Bucks are one point favorites, I think. So yeah, it was close. All right. Well, I'm not gonna root for it, but that'll be that'll be nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, we will uh we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, everyone have a good week. Hope you win your bets. Uh, we will we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.